Well, Father Jonathan, we have crossed the halfway point. It's only halfway. <laughs> We're on fifth <laughs> Sunday of Easter. Yeah, when you put it that way, it's <laughs> it's like only halfway. Well, yeah, I think uh, this Sunday, maybe we go through seven full Sundays and then Pentecost, you know, uh-huh. so we're past the halfway. Yeah, it's fun anyways. I really like, as much as we complain, we just like to complain about everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. that's uh, right. That's I right. really like Easter. Um, me too. And in the midst of all that, there's also going to be the Ascension. So I think we have like maybe two more Sundays of just like Sundays of Easter, Easter and there's Easter. Ascension. Yeah, then the ascension gives us a whole a whole new thing, which is great. Uh, although I remember just to forecast it, I remember that that's a conversation we've had in the past where it's like, what is this about? <laughs> What's <laughs> yeah. going on here? And I am willing to bet that in two weeks' time we'll be asking the exact same question. <laughs> it's like, what is this about again? <laughs> the ascension and then Pentecost. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, yeah, no the the I think what we said a couple of weeks ago is still reigning to be true. Uh, it's still ringing out to be true is that uh, the the readings all just start to kind of like meld together. There's more experiences of the apostles. Like last week we had, you know, or today as we as we record, you know, we had Paul and Barnabas and now we're going to have them again, you know, and more stuff about their persecution and their expansion. Um, yeah. And then, you know, with the Gospels, it's kind of a smattering. I, I'm not really sure what's happening in the lectionary because we have every week now we have John and it's just random mm-hmm. things of John. Like we had today, you know, the, uh, the good shepherd, but then this upcoming Sunday, the fifth Sunday, you know, we just had what the new commandment of love. Mm-hmm. It's, just, it's just weird. Like, is this like an Easter, like greatest hits of Jesus? Uh, well, like, you know, I'm, I'm the good shepherd. Here's my new commandment. Yeah. I mean, on? I do think that there is, I do think that there are some things that keep that, that are keeping us together. Um, and just, Really quickly, you know, I I went and heard this Franciscan preach today, um, and it was interesting the way that he phrased it, and he did something that I really hate, and which we talk about all the time. He turned it into a Mother's Day homily. Um, oh, no. But the way that he did it was really clever, but I wish that he would have kept going with his first uh, uh, metaphor. Um, you know, the good shepherd, his sheep know him and he knows them kind of a thing. And his, the story that he told was, you know, when your mom calls your name when you've been playing outside, like you can hear her no matter where you are. And even yeah, if, fair, okay. and even if you're not close enough, like depend, uh, depending on your community, okay, like other people will hear it and it'll get to you that, hey, your mom's looking for you. Like, so even yeah. though you may not be able to actively hear her, you'll still hear her, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know... As he was saying this, I was like, man, this is such a brilliant homily on discernment. Like, how do we train mm. our ear, our heart to hear God's voice? That's right. Through, That's right. through That's everything. Right. And even when somebody else is saying, hey, God's been saying this. <laughs> and you're like, oh, yeah, no, I, I know that um, kind of a thing. He, he ignored all of that and just kind of, it was great because it was a short homily. Um, but like, I would have liked a little bit more of that. And again, maybe that's just because we're Jesuits and, you know, discernment is kind of our thing that that's what immediately came up in, in my, in my, in my thoughts and my prayer. But anyway, I think there's a similar thing going on here. You know, yeah, it's, it's, it's scattered, right? There's a lot of things going on, but like, we've got some really interesting things happening in Acts in particular, you know, some of the things that struck out struck out that stuck out to me was it's necessary to for us to go under hardships to enter the kingdom of god they're Mm. appointing elders for the church with mind you prayer and fasting 
Um, mm. And then there's, they're on the move, they're traveling, they're doing, they're preaching, they're speaking, they're gathering the church community together. Um, right, right. And I think what I really like about this is, is our gospel, um, how that holds it all together. Because, you know, we can look at this, and I've heard this often, you know, that we kind of say this, oh, I don't know, like, without even thinking about it sometime, you know, a new commandment, love one another as I have loved you. Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> but I think the way that we actually read this and understand it is just love one another. It's fine. Like, if, yeah, as long as yeah. you can love one another, that's all you need to do. Yeah, yeah, But that's enough. not what Jesus is saying. Love one yeah. another as I have loved you. Right, right. As I have loved no, you, so yeah. you also should love one another. And it's not just be happy. That is not what, mm-hmm. what he is. That's not how he has loved us. Um, mm-hmm. He loved us through the cross, through pain, through suffering, through endurance. Um, yeah, yeah. No, that's good. You know, there's a. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna take the bait. But there's there's something that's floating over home plate here for me to smack at, which is <laughs> a similar a similar problem that happens in Jesuit spirituality around, um, you know, in in to love and to serve in everything. Yeah, like that's that's a like a phrase that we use. Yeah, but, but there's like wrong. a second half to that, which <laughs> is to love and to serve the divine majesty. Yeah, you know, like it's not just like have this general disposition of kindness and generosity and service to everyone. It's like, okay, that's included within the love of God, but in, with all this other stuff too, you know, like there's more stuff there yeah. than just sentimentality, you know? So like the newness of the commandment that you're saying here is similar, that there's more to it than just the sentimentality of, yeah. well, just love, you know, love well, one and another. Paul, and I think Paul knows this. Yeah, it's necessary mm-hmm. for us to undergo many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. Right. And, and, I, and I think where I was going to go with that, that maybe a helpful thing for a homily is to, is to point out that both the second reading, which I think I've been ignoring uh, for the course of Easter so far um, with Revelation, both the second reading and the gospel and the Alleluia verse, of course, um, emphasize the newness mm-hmm. of everything. So, you know, behold, I make all things new, which is a wonderful, you know, phrase that like in Mel Gibson's passion is there during the way of the cross. It's something that I often repeat in the confessional, you know, if not out loud, at least within my own heart, like this is what's happening here is that God is making something new um, for you, you know, in this, in this experience and, and point of contact with mercy, but then like the new commandment, but then going back to what you're saying with Paul and Barnabas, how we understand that newness is very much on display in the Acts of the Apostles, Mm -hmm. is that the newness of the commandment is not just to say that these are all guys, you know, like sitting around singing songs together. They're also experiencing tremendous hardship, but they're also very convicted in boldness to go throughout all the world and preaching the good news, you know, even to the point of their death and persevering in faith. And that newness of the zeal of the apostles is precisely the call of the new commandment. It's to love as Jesus loved, who also had the boldness, you know, to speak, to the religious authorities or to overturn tables, et cetera. So like there's a whole homily perhaps there about the newness of what's on display in Easter and how that emboldens the disciples to go out into the world. Yeah. No, I like that a lot. I like that a lot. Um, One of the other things that I was really hit, and this is almost a second thought. This could be a whole separate homily. Um, And I think I've spoken about this before when we have readings like this from Revelation uh, these, I, I always, I'm always hesitant with readings like this because, you know, seeing a new heaven, a new earth, the form, the former earth has passed away. You know, we, a lot of people will justify a lot of weird things using verses like, just like this. Like yeah. we, we, we have to ignore, you know, ignore the body, ignore the flesh and look, just look to heaven. It's like, mm-hmm. wait a second. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's, 
the first part, I mean, to, to your point earlier, like that's the first part, but look at the second part. Right. Behold, God's dwelling is with the human race. Hmm. If you ignore that, you're ignoring something hugely uh, crucial to, um, to the Christian identity, that it's not mm. just ignoring everything of the world, everything that God has made. This is a soapbox of mine that I go on often. <laughs> you know, the, what, what God has called good, you're going to say, no, actually, that's bad. Yeah. No, man. Yeah. He even told that to Peter. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, and I don't, I don't know quite how to... I mean, I guess with the gospel, there's more of that relational mm-hmm. understanding mm-hmm like dwelling with, giving of oneself. Um, that's what love is. There's no greater love than to lay yeah, down one's life. Yeah. So I think there's sure. something there that you could make a connection with. Yeah, I mean, just going back to what you were saying about the second reading, though, I think one of the ways that I would uh, push that towards uh, a preaching that, that may be useful for me is is to think that, you know, we, we can tend to take the God dwells in the human race. He, he dwells with us. We are his people. And there's, again, that reduction to the sentimentality um, which is good, you know, and it's, but it's, it's limited. But I, I think the way that we get the full picture is to talk about it being in the future tense. <laughs> so like he will like the, yeah. in the future, but like there is still this mourning and wailing of like, he will wipe every tear from their eyes, but there are still tears <laughs> like, yeah. in the meantime. Yeah. Like there's still, we're still in the not yet of, of this fulfillment. And I think that's part of the problem with the kind of preaching that takes these kinds of phrases and reduces them down to sentimentality is that they very much horizontalize all of our, you know, like vision towards eternal life where it's like, Oh no, no, no. It's like now here and now there's heaven. Yeah. It's like, well maybe, but also not yet. And in the not yet, I think there's hope. So behold, God is dwelling with the human race and he will dwell with them and there he will wipe away so there is an openness to something beyond because we still do mourn and people who try to like bring it all down to like, no, no, don't cry. Like God loves you. It's like, no, I can cry because because like, God the, the loves fulfillment me. of the, yeah. And also the fulfillment of the covenant is not yet there. Like there's still a lot of time of expectation of groaning with creation, you know, towards its fulfillment. Um, anyway, that might be something to complete that picture a little bit. But doesn't it say for the old order has passed away? Behold, I make all things new. There's an yeah, immediacy and, there. There is, there is. But I make all things new, not that I have made all things new. So yeah. there's, he's doing Making that. is a, like he, yeah, it's, uh, what is that yeah, tense? Like he, progressive. Yeah, like it's something. a progressive tense. You know, I make all things new, like I'm making them all new. Yeah. Um, I mean, I might be going into the weeds here of the grammar, but like it's just to say that like Christian hope and expectation mm-hmm. is not only about the fulfillment of promises today, but of some promises not yet fully realized. Yep. And yeah, we don't just like white knuckle it through through our yeah. suffering. And I think that goes back to your whole point about the Acts of the Apostles. Like those guys experienced tremendous suffering and mm-hmm. like how would they respond to the phrase, Oh no, no, like God is with you, man. Yeah. Like he's with you. It's like, okay, but like this sword really or hurts. To, like dismiss <laughs> it as being no big deal. Like, oh don't worry right. about it. It's not that bad. It's exactly. Like, mm, exactly. Actually, that's the whole point. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah, why we no, look to the sure. cross, you know, because that's what matters. That's the pain that matters. Yeah. And when I suffer, hey, I yeah. suffer with the cross. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pivot really quick. I, I think that there's there's something to be said as we're talking about this about I, I kind of made light of how we're having all these like very brief John gospels. Like we had um very resurrection heavy stuff at the very beginning of Easter, but then the last two Sundays 
after Mercy Sunday, we just had, you know, the Good Shepherd and now this other short little passage from John about the New Commandment. And I'm wondering, like, one of the ways that you can maybe link those together, and I'm not sure what's coming the week after, but you can maybe link them as, like, the basic tenets of uh, resurrection joy, mm-hmm. you know, like, or, like, he, here here is the profile of resurrected life, is, my like, being a sheep and Jesus being the shepherd, um, living the New Commandment of love, so those who are a resurrection people, instead of just making it airy-fairy, we are hallelujah people or yeah. whatever, it's like, okay, do you know how to discern the voice of the shepherd in the world that tries to drown that out? Are you someone who's living the new commandment of love? Because like we were saying a couple of weeks ago, you know, all of the evan- all of the evangelists are writing in a post-resurrection mm-hmm. context, you know? Um, so it's like the resurrected Jesus is the good shepherd and he's the one who's giving us this new commandment. So just to maybe think about like, Maybe there's there's a rallying call here to what it means to live, you know, resurrection life is to live the new commandment and to be a sheep, you know, to the shepherd. Like that might be a way of linking these things as a resurrection series of homilies, you know? Yeah. And I like that theme of joy, you know, Pope Francis, he's not an idiot, obviously. And to really drive home that idea of the joy of the gospel, like this is, that's really what it comes down to because joy, what I love about that word is it's not so... It's not so attached, so dependent on happiness, <laughs> like this, right. the feeling. Um, yeah, and so how does the God, through that suffering, through that, the walk of the, uh, you know, of the passion, how do we end up with something like joy? And that's the struggle, right? That's what we're, what you were just talking about. You know, the sword hurts. <laughs> I'm not happy right now, but I do this with a heart full of joy. Sure. There is a line at the end of one of the, one of the readings for... Easter with the Acts of the Apostles. I'm not sure which one, um, but it ends with like they were rejoicing for having been found worthy to mm-hmm. be persecuted, you know, for the name of Christ. Yeah, man. And so it, it gets, you know, the the paradox of rejoicing in persecution mm-hmm. um, is there, you know? Yeah. Um, no, I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. It's I all- got to say, there's... Go ahead. No, no, I, no, I was going to say, there's a lot of disparate stuff here that I, yeah. I'm not sure, like, what I was, would I hold I was going to bring up another one. I really like the, yeah, the last line uh, and how he had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles. Like, I like that image of opening the doors. You know, we use that for Vatican yeah. II, that the windows were opened and let the Holy Spirit in. Um, mm. And, I, you know, I wonder if that could be an, yet another um, path for a homily to talk about how we are, you know, the, the goal of the post-Easter Christian is to make sure that the doors of our heart are open. So, again, so that the Holy Spirit can... Yeah, uh, can flow through. Yeah, no, that's beautiful. That's good. Uh, like that. That's kind of taking a page out of my 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 strategy book is to find an image like that to really hone in on and to let that open up a lot for a good homily. You know, um, I think a lot of guys when they approach readings like these or any Sunday really like they see sort of a mountain of words and they try to like say something about everything. Mm-hmm. It's like well. Focus in on like not just one word, but one idea or one image. It's like open the door of faith to the Gentiles. And like, how can that be something that really illuminates, you know, the readings for this Sunday? So like taking that and saying, you know, opening the door of faith, you know, can you think about the new commandment to love in that key, Mm -hmm. in the key of opening the door of faith? Um, Maybe like that might be a way of juxtaposing those two readings in a way that opens my own eyes to what it means to really love as Jesus loves is to open doors and not close them, you know, Um, to lead people to faith and not to doubt. Um, I don't know. Like there's something there that you could take as, as inspiration. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. 
Um, other than that, like, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I'm not sure what I'll preach on this Sunday. It's, um, it's a little bit strewn about in my book here. <laughs> I mean, I think Bishop Barron has taken the book of Revelation as his, like, series for Lent, for Easter, and that's great. Um, but I don't know. I, mean, I got to say, like, today, for example, my homily today, we were talking about the Good Shepherd and all. I got lucky <laughs> because my <laughs> homily today um, actually was last night at the vigil because um, the Mass that I had today I didn't actually preach at. Um, and the vigil, I actually got to do, uh, my last of the six sacraments that I'm able to do as a priest, um, you know, with special permission. And I got to preach at a confirmation mass Nice. and it was great because I had to do the Sunday readings and the Sunday readings for today were the good shepherd. And there were also the persecution in the early church. And so I, I took that as a launching point to be like, you know, what my basic question to the confirmands was, what do you think drove these people to endure such horrible persecution? And, you know, the answer is obvious, which is the Holy Spirit. And so that got me into talking about confirmation. So I got kind of lucky this weekend with these kinds of readings just because I was already preaching on a topic, which was confirmation. Yeah. Um, so I'm not sure what it would be for this upcoming Sunday, but, um, you know, I don't know. I could always preach on the Acts of the Apostles. Like there's yeah, plenty of stuff there. Yeah. I mean, I keep coming back to this idea that it's so easy for us to put ourselves up as an idol you know, with this, just love one another, and that's fine. You just do you, you know, like all it takes is me doing something instead of really driving home, kind of what you were saying, like driving home the fact that, no, it's the Holy Spirit at work in me. You know, it's God's love moving through me that allows me to do anything. You know, St. Paul says that pretty clearly. You know, it's not me, it's not Paul that does anything, but Christ who lives in me, who dwells in me. Yeah. Um, So perhaps, you know, as yeah, especially as we are kind of getting into that weirdness of the ascension of to Pentecost of Jesus no longer being with us. Like, what does that mean for him to be in us? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. That's good. Here, Here's one. Maybe I'll let this be uh, my parting thought. Um, in the spirit of like finding random phrases to <laughs> hone in on. Um, what about that first phrase in the gospel? Glorification? No, Judas. No, the very... The ver- yeah, when Judas had left them. Jesus said, so, yeah. Ooh. Yeah, I just, it's kind of an interesting thing to be thinking about. It's like, once the betrayer has left, mm-hmm. the Son of Man is able to be glorified. I I don't know. There's just something in, like striking about juxtaposing Judas and the glory of the Son of Man that like maybe there's a good rallying moral call to conversion there. It's that like, you are the stumbling block that is keeping Jesus from like realizing his glory in the world. Mm, I am the stumbling block. Yeah. Like I'm the one and like, yeah. I need to get the heck out of the way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like maybe that. There's a whole homily there, you Getting know, like, out of the way. Like once I'm allowing myself to name my ten, like tendency towards betraying him, <laughs> like, and then acknowledging that and moving out of the way, then the son of man is glorified. I don't know. There's something there. Like I must de- decrease. He must increase. Like yeah. there's a whole homily in that, you know, that's great. No, um, I meant to say this earlier, but there, so I have this t-shirt that I bought from a Orthodox monastery called death to the world. <laughs> it's like their, their ministry <laughs> title, slogan, whatever. It's really cool. It has a, has a really cool skull on it. And it says the blood of the martyrs is the seeds of the church, which I yeah. love. But like that phrase death to the world, people always look at it. Jesuits, Christians look at it and be like, why would you say that? <laughs> yeah. But it's yeah. the similar, this, it's this idea of revelation that it's not death to the world and we have to look to heaven. Um, but kind of what you're saying, it's no, the things that keep us in the way, we have to yep. let them pass by 
You know, that's yep. the old order that has passed away. The thing, those stumbling blocks. How can I become this person that has now um, not abandoned the Lord, but allowed him to, again, to dwell within me? Anyway. Yeah. No, totally. Totally. Death cool, to man. the world. All right. With that, <laughs> I think we uh, we have some stuff there to, to look at. Until um, next time, then. All right, Bill.